Good afternoon. This is the weekly wrap for January 20th. We'll start with the PPI data, which is the producer price index that came in uh, in the middle of the week lower than expected. So that is the cost of manufacturing. Uh, It did surprise to the downside, indicating further uh, rolling over of inflationary pressures. This in turn has the market believing that the Federal Reserve will only raise rates one more time in February, that quarter of a point and then probably stop raising rates for a while, especially since the inflation data continues to roll over more heavily now. The, of course, impact for us is related to the U.S. dollar. So the dollar continues to barely hold support at the weekly um, areas that we've talked about on the charts at 101.102. If for some reason the dollar does break down from there, it'll be a swift move down to the 100 and 200 week moving averages around 95, 96. Now, the important factor there is that eventually, not immediately, but eventually, the weaker dollar should lead to the U.S. being more competitive on exports on corn, beans, and wheat. So time will tell as to whether how the dollar responds to this uh, recent inflation data. But right now, the dollar looks rather weak. Uh, on the Ukrainian-Russian war front, um, Russia claims to have taken some territory back from Ukraine, uh, while the world continues to provide more financial and military support, more tanks, more missiles, um, and now the U.S. is even threatening to provide personnel, possibly, which would be a bit of a dangerous uh, crossover from just the financial and, and military equipment providing of support. So time will tell. But it's clear that this war is not de-escalating. It's not going away anytime soon. Putting further pressure on Ukrainian grain production and grain shipments. Ukraine has uh, accused Russia of slowing the process, uh, limiting the permitting process of vessels getting loaded uh, through the grain corridor. And since October, uh, grain shipments have been cut in half out of Ukraine. So in principle, they've agreed to let grain ship. But in reality, the process has slowed to a trickle. And so, you know, keep an eye on the fact that global grain shipments out of Ukraine are slowing to a crawl here. Um, As far as China is concerned, they are uh, opening pretty wide open right now. Uh, But the news has gone silent out of China as I'm sure the COVID is spreading like wildfire. Uh, And among the elderly, it's unfortunate that there were probably a higher amount of deaths that are uh, happening versus being reported. But I think China is locking down any news coming out of there. and, And they're quickly moving through the herd immunity process. And sometime in the next several months, the economy should be fully reopened and going gangbusters. We're seeing this in other commodities. Gold has spiked uh, pretty dramatically. Copper has spiked. And so uh, a lot of the metals, silver, have spiked to very big highs here recently, indicating, sort of leading the idea that maybe China is returning back healthy. Even crude oil has bounced a little bit off its lows hovering in uh, around the $80, $81 a barrel area here. 
So the combination of those three macro variables continued to be bullish, in my opinion. Domestically, we saw the soybean crush for the United States come in a little bit lower than expected. Market was looking for 182 million uh, bushels. We came in at 177. Uh, I think weather had an issue with uh, to do with the number of these plants not running, and then quite frankly, even uh, possibly uh, supplying uh, availability of soybeans might be uh, starting to be already become a problem. Um, the export numbers were relatively solid this week, slightly above expectations for corn, beans, and wheat. Uh, and so, you know, the business continues to trudge along in the cash market, but nothing very dramatic. Uh, the Argentinian crop continues to suffer under the weight of extreme heat. They did get some rain scattered, and some of the weather models are calling for better rains over the next week or two. But of course, what's not known is the extent of the damage uh, on the existing crops. Uh, trade analyst estimates are still all over the place. The uh, USDA has the uh, corn crop hovering around 49 million metric tons and the trades around 40 and then on soybeans they've got it at 45 million metric tons and you know uh, the trade is somewhere around 35 million metric tons so what's interesting about the ukrainian uh, excuse me the argentinian crop development here is that if these numbers validate if we end up in that 35 to 30 million metric ton number on soybeans out of argentina the losses will become very, very close to what Brazil experienced last year. So instead of having this very dramatic headline uh, production loss out of Brazil that we had last year, we, it may come out of Argentina. So we'll have to keep an eye on that. Uh, we saw the <clears throat> a very interesting development as two cargoes of soybeans uh, were loaded out of Brazil and were shipped to Argentina. So they act actually looped south. So Argentina is out of beans and they are now buying Brazilian first crop harvest to satisfy their in internal crush business. So the question now going forward is, is this just a one-off or this will or will this be a continuing process of Argentina buying uh, beans out of Brazil, out from under China, and forcing more business to the United States? So we'll keep an eye on that development as well. Um, what's interesting to watch are the spreads and how the markets are trading since the government report. Uh, we, of course, got the very bullish corn and soybean report. Since then, the spreads continue to invert more heavily. March is trading over May now on corn. March is trading over uh, May on soybeans, something that has not happened in a very long time, indicating extreme cash tightness. Chicago wheat spreads have held in there, and the Kansas City wheat spreads are inverted, as are the Minneapolis wheat spreads. So the bulk of the cash market signals for the grains are really very bullish. For cotton, we've seen the opposite price action. We've actually seen the carry come out, and uh, excuse me, the inverse come out, and cotton is going more and more to a carry on the March versus the May. And so for those of us that have provisionals uh, matched against the March contract, we are going to want to roll those to the May if you haven't already. We're about a half a penny now uh, on a carry. 
And if we're not careful, uh, if demand stays weak here over the next few weeks, uh, we may go to a full carry closer to two cents. So if you have uh, taken the provisional on cotton and are sitting on the march, please go ahead and roll that immediately to the May. Get that taken care of out of the way so we don't have to fight that going into delivery. Uh, in the cotton market, we are hearing uh, in the cash market of some inquiries for export business. Uh, but not enough to get the market excited or through that critical 90 cent level. So remember, technically, we're looking for cotton to get through 90 cents. And ultimately, when it does, that will be heavy resistance that would, when broken, take us up into that 95, 97, 98 cent area where we will advance sales. My guess is that's not going to happen on the March contract, and we're going to have to look for that to happen uh, on the May contract. Uh, as far as uh, the grains, no changes in any of our targets there. We remain very bullish corn, especially since the cash market signals remain strong. Uh, the basis levels and the uh, inversion in the, the spreads. And so still looking for that 730 area on the March corn market. Still looking for a test of the life of contract highs on the March contract on soybeans up near 1572. Uh, those are the areas uh, for some of you that may want to finish your soybean marketing. Some of you may want to wait to see if we ultimately break through 16 and enter into that similar, similar summer volatility we saw last year. But for corn, we're most definitely going to make another layer of sales when we get to that 730 area. For cotton, as we've talked, we're not interested in doing anything until we get through 90 cents and get through that uh, closer to that 95 to a dollar level on cotton. For wheat, uh, we continue to grind here. Wheat continues by uh, the speculators to be used as a hedge against corn and as beans. So they're holding a very large speculative short position. Extraordinarily dangerous, in my opinion, with the headline risks related to the war. But uh, so be it. Uh, and ultimately, when that uh, uh, market is being bought back to cover that short, we should get a lot closer to $10. And of course, those remain our targets on wheat, $10 on Chicago, and closer to $11 in Kansas City wheat. So that's the update. Hope you have a wonderful weekend, and we'll catch you soon. These are my opinions and not those of ADM or ADMIS.